Hello everyone and welcome to the Arseholic podcast on a Sunday night after a really good win against Watford today, which we're going to get into. I've got um, some Raj here, obviously I've got Mize and Aaron and with me, we've got three of us. Hello boys. All right, mate. Good evening. Good evening. You look really puzzled, Aaron, and like you're like like you're expecting to <laughs> dial been... onto a different call or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. I was like, what 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 do I do? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm just really excited. I haven't been on for a good few weeks for various reasons, and I'm like, I just can't wait to be back. I've got a lot of thoughts that I'm ready to drop. Well, I mean, do you want, okay, like we had an <laughs> yeah. agenda and everything. Do, should we just forget? Yeah, yeah. Should we just forget it? Do you want to just? just, I, can just, just mon- I can monologue for the next hour if you want on the state of. Well, the state of the world, if you want, but no, oh. <laughs> we'll stick to your agenda. Uh, we'll do, what, do you think we should do an Arseholics off the cuff to just talk about, you know, our our like really subject matter expertise on Russia, Ukraine, kind of, you know, like, should we should we really do that or um, maybe not? No. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, before we get into it, I did say last week, right? I was drinking whiskey, and um, and I, I said I'd make that a feature of the of the of the pod, and. Um, I felt like a drink, so I just thought I'd do it anyway again this week. So uh, uh, I'm drinking, you see it, Michter's. It's a rye whiskey. I really like rye whiskey. I really recommend it to anyone. I think rye whiskey is a very underrated is that, type of whiskey. Is that what you've done tonight then, Roger? What? The bottle. The bottle's empty. No, I know, but it's a good <laughs> observation. I do need to order a new one. Um, but, you know, if anyone wants to... You have to order so Roger's a, This is not a quest for sponsorship. It's, uh, <laughs> it's gone to new levels. I know, here. I know. It's such a dream. That'd be so awesome. But um, yeah, hey, one day we can all pray and hope. Um, but I've been drinking for four days straight, as I told you guys. So because obviously tomorrow I start um, my new job. So I've been unemployed for four weeks. And this has just been a very, very sad moment <laughs> to have to go back to work. But it is what it is. It is what it is, right? We need to earn money because obviously this podcast doesn't pay us any money. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> no. Anyway, look. <laughs> Let's talk about football. Um, brilliant. Look, today was, it's like every weekend, every game week is super important uh, at this stage of the season. I'm sure you guys agree with me. It's the sort of time of the season now where results are more important than anything. It's more important than performances. It's all about kind of, you know, three points, however you get it. But we did win and we won away from home against Watford, who we have a decent record against. They are a team that is fighting for relegation, but they're a team like, you know, on their day, they can do interesting things. So look, there's, there's quite a lot to talk about. There's obviously lots of goals today. Let's talk about our kind of our overall attacking kind of potential, you know, I guess attacking output, what we did today, because it was three brilliant goals. I think from a, from a team perspective, I can't remember us scoring this season, three goals of that, of that quality all in one game. And what did you guys think? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, I think that I'm trying not to get carried away, I think is the the thing, because you, you see those goals and you're like, oh, this is, this is it. I think Myers in the WhatsApp group, you're like, we're back. Um, <laughs> I got a bit excited. So. Yeah. Yeah. so I'm trying to like, keep it, you know, keep it, keep it calm and like, go as as Mikel says like go game by game you know but um we it when you look at those goals you're like okay I don't think like, again I don't want to go back into like comparing us to like social media fans but I don't think there's anyone that can now argue that we are not making progress under Mikel Arteta um 
because those three goals were like you can see there's a plan you can see there's a way we have we we try and attack you can see there's quality both on an individual level and on a team level and when it comes together like that with Sacco with Erdegaard with Lacazette with Martinelli you can't you can't not be impressed and you can't not be excited um now I think if you if you dig a bit deeper I think my yeah, I think our XG for the game was like less than one or something like that. So we, I think we did, there was a lot of very, very high quality finishing. Um, and outside of those three goals, I don't know how much more we created, but, you know, you can't not be excited when you score three goals like that. Definitely. And I think the the fact that those three goals were scored by three different players, the the three that sit behind the striker and the fact that the striker was so involved i think in all all three at least two of them he was involved if not did he get two assists maybe i mean it was one of those it was a real combined effort mice did you think anyone out of that unit stood out or is it a point where we need to just take a step back and just applaud the fact that it was a fantastic effort of a of a of a growing attacking unit yeah i mean look the player that stood out for me um today and i think i said it in our chat was Erdegaard and he stood out a lot in the last few games. Um, I think the words I used were something along the lines of, you know, it's, he, he's basically controlling games and running games and everything that we do um, kind of in the final third or going forward goes through him, I feel. Um, so when you look at, when you look at Erdegaard's stats and people use that um, against him, it, you know, his numbers in terms of goals and assists are not amazing, um, even though he scored today. But when you watch him, as we do every game, you see how important he is to us. And he just really seems to be playing with like top confidence at the moment. Um, he wants the ball. Um, he's always looking to create something. He's always looking to make something happen. And I think the relationship he's now building with Saka, because he obviously, he, he obviously drifts, you know, he plays centrally, but he drifts more towards that right-hand side generally. So obviously links up a lot with Saka. Um, obviously, you know, we saw that from the first goal. Um, that's that's really kind of um you know reaching its peak as it were um and it's really really just got better over the last few games um yeah and it just looks like it looks like he's really enjoying his football like he settled so quickly from that loan spell and he's just carried on from there and like he really really stood out for me today i just feel like he's developing into this you know the talent was always there the potential was always there from how many years ago it was um and now he's kind of doing it week in week out for us which is Really, really good to see. He's basically made himself undroppable from the team. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, I think all all of the front four deserve a, a mention for all the reasons you you guys have just talked about. You know, the goals, the two assists from Laka, um, and yeah, I mean, look, just to add add to add to what you guys say said, I think um, the thing you're starting, the thing I'm seeing now that we didn't probably see earlier on in the season is the the attacking play and link up between these players is it seems like it's because we've had like a pretty settled kind of front four, Smithrow comes in and out. But other than that, it's a pretty settled front four. You can kind of mm. see the link up play and you can see the like anticipation where like Saka, like it's, we saw it with the goals today, Saka will pass into Lacazette. Lacazette knows where Saka's going to run into. He flicks it or back kills it or does whatever. And, um, you know, more often than not, it was, it was coming off where Saka was landing on it. Happened again with the third goal with Martinelli. And that's really, really good to see. So obviously... The, the the caveat there is one injury potentially affects that quite big, uh, quite 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 badly. Um, but yeah, at the moment the way things are going, um, yeah, really really happy with the the attacking side of things. And with that one injury, we we've sort of talked about 
you know, squad depth, blah, 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 blah. But we have talked about the fact that in the kind of wide attacking areas, we have some options. But everything you've just said about Odegaard, the fact that he is, you know, his influence on the team has just grown and grown and grown over the past few weeks. I think, you know, in my opinion, it, it feels like it's his team now. You know, he's the one who's dictating everything. Has he now become the player that we most, we would miss the most if, if he did get injured? Is he the irreplaceable unit there? I mean, I think based on his current form, I wouldn't say he's irreplaceable. I think we'd, he'd be a massive miss if we didn't have him. But then you could argue Smith Rowe could potentially come in, although he doesn't like he could probably he could probably do a fantastic job there. Um, style of play might have to change ever so slightly, but I feel like Smith Rowe could deputize. But I think on his current form, he'd be a huge miss. I think the bigger miss arguably might actually be Lacazette just because of lack of other options mm. in the squad, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, um, considering the quality of the other attacking players. Um, but yeah, I think you go from Lacazette down to Enketia. I think it's quite a big step down in terms of obviously experience. Um, but I think, you know, Lacazette offers everything that he offers and, you know, as we keep saying, he's giving a hundred percent, and um, you know now he's he's obviously you know he's he, you know he didn't score today, and he, he's not he's not you know he's not smashing the goals in obviously, but the the work he's doing for the team he's now kind of paying off in terms of assists as well. Um, I'm not sure you necessarily get that from Eddie, who obviously do a lot. Eddie would do a lot of running and you know chasing down all that kind of stuff, and he can finish, but um, I think for the way this front four is kind of shaping up to going into the end of this season and what we know what we need to do for the next 13 games, I think it is. Um, I think Lacazette's pretty pivotal in that for me anyway. Yeah. And Aaron, and do you think we, we've talked about what the, the good things that Lacazette brings? We've also talked about the, the things that he doesn't do quite so well. And we've talked about the fact that maybe this team, the big obvious thing that they lack is a centre forward who's going to score 20 plus goals. And Arteta even spoke about it recently, right? He, I think he was asked in the interview, I think yesterday uh, about the summer. And he mentioned that, you know, getting someone who's going to put the ball in the net is a very important thing. But with the role that Lacazette does do, is there any concern on your side that it's, um, you know, the grass is always greener sort of thing. And actually, do we have someone here who given everything else he does, we we should be concerned at the idea of losing someone who can bring such good kind of such good outputs from the guys around him. Yeah, I guess it's it's fear of the unknown, right? Because obviously this summer is going to be huge for us on so many levels. Because you know, not you know, Lacazette could be gone, Eddie could be gone, you know, Balogun will hopefully be back, but that's it. And Aubameyang's already gone, so there's an argument to say we we probably need at least two strikers coming in this summer. So, you know, I was I was just about to interrupt when you guys were talking about Lacazette to ask if you guys think he deserves a new contract now or, you know, he, he obviously wants more than one year, but let's just say like two years was on the table. Would you give it? But my, I'm, I'm still leaning towards a no because as much as I really like what Lacazette's doing right now, you can also quite clearly see where uh, a top striker would add a lot more because there were loads of times where Cedric was putting crosses in and yeah, yeah. it was just pointless because no one was at the end of it. I think Kieran Tierney probably suffers a bit because he gets to the byline and he looks across and there's just no one in the box. And he's probably been told, you know, there's probably not going to be anyone in the box and so don't play those crosses in. Mm. So that completely nullifies Tierney's game. So, but I do, I do really, really like what Lacazette's doing right now. And I think, you know, the way I, I 
think of it now because I've never really been a big Lacazette fan if I'm being completely honest I remember I think it might have been the Emery era when he was like really bad towards the end of the Emery's era and I was just like I, I was done with him but you know I kind of feel like since Aubameyang's left he's almost found his place in the team in that he's well, he's captain now right yeah. so he's doing that and he's he's very clearly this you know him and Jack are like the old guys in the squad that have to nurture these young players and at the start at the start of the season it was like we weren't sure if he was going to start we weren't sure if he was a number 10 we weren't sure if he was a second striker we weren't sure if he was the off the bench guy and i think he's really benefiting from that clarity of it's a good point okay i'm gonna play this is my role i will drop deep i will link up play and then i will you know i'll do what i can to score goals even though everyone seems to acknowledge that i'm not very good at scoring goals but so yeah i I, you know, you can't help like what he's doing at the moment, and I and I respect the shift he's putting in. Yeah, I think on your question about a new contract, so I think it's, it's going to be really interesting because for me, I think it comes down to um, where we finish in the table, and I think if we do get Champions League, it obviously changes the whole kind of dynamic of what we need from a squad next season. Um, and I think Lacazette in a champion, you know, it, it, so say we get Europa League, you can kind of um, you know, we've seen it, right? The three or four years we're in the Europa League, the first six games or, or the, the group games, you you kind of go with um, a much more youthful team, your plan, but your backup team, you you um, blood some of the youngsters, all of that kind of thing. And you can still, quali- we still manage to qualify from the group and I think finish top every time. I can't remember. Um, Champions League group stage is very, very different. So Lacazette is probably the kind of player that you, you would need in a Champions League squad with a Champions League budget as well. So, um, I think it comes down to that potentially. And I think maybe that's why the decision hasn't been major. He's probably waiting to see where, what we do. And maybe if we do get top four, it gives us the kind of financial um, ability to offer him a, a little bit more money or yeah. maybe that two years, arguably. I mean, I I would prefer him to stay, to be honest, because I think, I still think we need, like a, a probably 99% of Arsenal fans know that we need a, a striker, a proper striker. Um, but, you know, him as our backup option if he's happy to play that role in our squad I think I don't think you know I think that's a pretty good um you know pretty good option to have off the bench or or if if our forwards are injured so I'd absolutely want him to stay but yeah who knows what's going to happen with that um yeah I I actually think that um I'd probably go a step further and I think that now that it looks like we would it it would be a catastrophe for us to not get some form of European football now this season. Yeah. yeah? You know? So I think given that's the case, it's likely that we're going to be, whether it's Champions League or Europa League, we're going to have a lot of fixtures next season. Or Conference conference League. League. Or Conference. Yeah, we're going to have like, we're going to have those fixtures, so more more fixtures, right? So that looks like it's an almost certainty now. Um, In that, then therefore going to to what you said before, Aaron, and, um, you know, we're going to be really short on numbers, and I think it's got to the point now where given the value that he's kind of being able to bring in this role anyway, it all feels like it makes sense to offer him a two-year deal. And I think that's been the sticking point. It feels like we've been offering him a, a year and I think a year with a year option that, you know, we could, both parties would have to agree. But I think he's saying he wants the security of, of more. Yeah. I mean, a two-year deal is not the worst, right? Because after a year, we could then get a reasonable fee for him. Well, I, I, it's not working I, out next will we, get, we won't get a fee from his age, though. We, I think, and the age is the thing, isn't he? Isn't it? I, I think, it's, yeah, it's the age and the wage that he'll probably be on on this contract. Yeah. I think that's probably the key. If he wants a two-year deal at a, you know, a lower salary, I think we'd probably give it to him. But he probably wants—he's probably one of our highest-paid players now. Yeah. 
um because he came in on big money and um i think he probably wants an uplift on that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think and then you're looking at like 200k a week for someone like lacazette is probably a lot pushing it right it, it is i think one of the things that will be going through their head as well is how balligan does on loan and i i I sort of think about this the other day, right? Like, because we we obviously have rated him. The club seem to rate him quite highly. The fans seem to rate him quite highly. And whenever he plays for the under twenty threes, he's just clearly too good for that level. At the same time, he's he's twenty years old. I think he's the same age as Broyer, who is you know on loan from Chelsea at Southampton, and and Breuer is is scoring goals in the Premier League, and Balogun is on loan in the championship and not necessarily banging them in look I'm not, I'm not saying that that means that he's not a good player or anything but i think maybe we do need to just kind of check ourselves a little bit about our expectations of, of him and his development the club might think is you know is it is he is he someone that can be relied upon in the first team next season particularly if it's champions league that we're playing uh and, and as a result of that i think that just kind of increases the case for keeping lacazette on more and we'd still need to yeah. get a striker or maybe even two anyway I still think we need two, regardless, right? I think if you, even if you keep Lacazette, you get one more striker in and you're playing Champions League or Europa League. Uh, that, that's a stretch for me. Yeah. I think you, we, I think we get two. And then depending on, I think it'll be either one of Balogun or Lacazette. I, I think if we get Europa, I could see Balogun coming back because of the number of games and that kind of level. Um, Lacazette, yeah, maybe he, maybe he, who, yeah, like I said, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. If he wants to stay, it seems like if he wants to stay, there'll probably be an offer on the table. But then I think we'll still obviously go big for a striker. I think Champions League changes things where I'm not sure you go into a, to a Champions League campaign. And obviously, if you finish fourth in the league this season, you're now looking at pushing on to cement that place and hopefully push up the table. I'm not sure Balogun's the player that's going to do that as a yeah. sort of second choice. So then I wouldn't be surprised. And I don't know how many minutes he's really going to get um, in the Champions League being completely honest. So yeah. he might end up going up out on loan again. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. I don't think he scored for Barry yet. I'm pretty sure they said that when he came on against Spurs or when he played against yeah, Spurs. I don't think he's, he's in like 10 games or something. So I think apparently he's playing all right. Okay. I think he's playing decent. Yeah, he's looked all right. But yeah, goals is what he's going to be judging. Well, see, it might be good just for him to get a Premier League loan next year if he can. And if he can't get a Premier League loan next year, and that I think probably says something in itself about the fact that, you know, he, he, he needs some more time to develop. But um, anyway, you know, so... I'm sure we'll be talking about Lacazette more and more as the season goes on and maybe there'll be some more clarity about his contract. But it, it sounded like it's something that they want to wait for the end of the season to figure out and, and whatever that's, that's the sound. But if we look at the other the other players, you know, we talked about Odegaard. Um, Martinelli had an interesting game today, I thought, because I thought he was out of that unit, was probably the one that was offering the least. And I was, you know, hoping that Pepe would come on sooner rather than later in the second half but then he, you know he scored an absolute worldie as well didn't he i mean i mean is it is is it is this a case where really you know this is our these are our best kind of supporting three now um is it really a case where even if smith rowe didn't have covid is you know is he resigned to the bench when he comes back do you think i think it depends where you play him and where like, if you see smith rowe as uh you know, playing that Erdegaard role, you could say what's well, close to a ten, but it's not really a ten. But it's in that sort of area. Then you you put Erdegaard miles ahead. But Smith Rowe, the you know the thing that's so good about him is he kind of just plays a bit 
like everywhere at the yeah. moment. And he, you know, you could say he's on the left, and he, but he's not really a. He gives you something very different to what Martinelli gives yeah. you. But you know, the beauty of Martinelli is he can kind of do what he did today, and he offers something. He's a lot more direct in that yeah. sense, and he probably occupies defenders in a very different way to something what Smith Rowe would do. Um, so I don't think it's like one or the other in that sense. I, I do think between now and the end of the season, we'll we'll rotate between yeah. Smith Rowe. I don't think Pepe will start. I think Pepe is probably a clear substitute. Okay. But no, I think Smith Rowe will get his 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 run, and he will get he will get goals. And you know we're gonna we're gonna have a good problem on it's, our hands, which is saying yeah. who do we actually who do we play out of those those three. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because Smith Rose seems to have this role um, in recent months where he's coming off the bench, right? And it's been really successful where he's obviously getting, seems to be popping up with a goal every time he, every time he comes on and is making an impact. So it will be interesting to see how Arteta uses him. I'll, I'll be keen to see this, um, like the four three three option for like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I was going to say Leeds at home, but I guess that that situation has changed now with their, <laughs> their manager changing, and it's not not being Bielsa anymore. But a kind of kind of game where we're expected to go and kind of smash a team. You mean a, a four three three with Smith Rowe in midfield? Yeah, Smith Rowe and Erdegaard in midfield, and then the the yeah yeah well yeah. There's a few options there, right? But um, I'd be keen to see that um, in a game. I, I, this is the thing, right? I guess at this stage of the season, there's no game that you're kind of expected to it's win comfortably. Results, but yeah yeah, 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 but. Um, it would be nice to see that and see kind of how they all play together. I think it's happened a couple of times, but yeah, I pretty much agree with what Aaron said, to be honest. Yeah. And you said, I mean, Saka was, you know, he himself was incredible today. I think he got man of the match. But one thing I wanted to ask you guys was because I know in the group we were, we we're getting very hyped up, et cetera, et cetera. Is it still a case though, where these guys need to, you know, it's all well and good. I'm playing devil's advocate here, but you know, it's all well and good. It's Watford and, you know, they've got the caliber of some of their players or the caliber in which it might allow some of our attacking players to do some incredible things like they did today. In, in your point of view, are, are they as good as they looked today against Watford or, or you know, in, in terms of if we were playing a, you know, let's just say we've got Liverpool and we, we've got, you know, Leicester, Liverpool, Villa coming up. I mean, do you, do you expect them to be able to put the same level of performances against those guys? Go on, Aaron. <laughs> oh, that's that's, that's a good question. I don't, I don't really know. Are they as good as we think they are? I, I mean, I think Saka and Odegaard right now are top, top quality. And there was some discussion on, on social media, and maybe this is one to discuss now, which is outside of like players from Man City and Liverpool, how many players would you trade for Erdegaard and Saka like if you could have any other player that you had to give up Erdegaard or give up Saka who would you trade them for and well you guys know my feelings about Saka right <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's, it's, worth, it's a really hard 750 million it's, it's a hard question because you you've got to take into account the fact that how important they are for us therefore it's a bit it's skewed. Yeah. It's not, you know. Well, I think the other thing was like people were saying that like, actually, even if you look at players like Salah or De Bruyne or Mane, like they're in their late twenties, early thirties. So, would you really trade? A, oh no! Oh, in that context, know, no. Right? Absolutely now, yeah. not. Like, no, you, no, no. We no could get Salah for two years, right? And I'm sure Salah is world class, right? But would you rather have Salah for two years? Maybe even arguing, arguing like on his way down, or like at least at his peak, or would you have an improving Saka? Or an improving Erdogan for the next eight I years. I think I think De Bruyne is a bit of a like 
Because yeah. he's, he's still quite young, isn't he? Well, is he I mean, about 20, I think seven, twenty? Like, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the original question, which was like, even the, outside the top two, there aren't many players, and maybe this is us getting carried away just after we've won four in a row. But there aren't many players in the world that I would trade for those two. Um, so, are they as good as we think they are? I think, I think, yeah, they are. Um, I think they would. I reckon, like fans of other teams were watching that game today. And watching those three goals, and you know, I think a lot of them were like, "Wow, this is this is very very I, impressive." Yeah, I, I think to add to that, like, I pre- I pretty much agree. I mean, I think like other comparing them to other players in the world. I know I was thinking of some names. There's probably a few names that if I thought about it hard enough, that I'd be like, you know, very yeah. strongly considered to swap. Yeah. Okay, outside of those, like the Harlands and yeah, okay, fine, world, okay, right? yeah. Just I love how you're continuously okay. conditioning yeah. your question. It's like, <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, except that guy. Like, yeah. Yeah, we've got to be realistic. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I know what you're getting at, yeah. and I think it's fair. And I think that listen, to be honest, right? Just forget our opinion. Just look at what the table says. Mm. Right, we're we're pretty close to Chelsea in third. Um, and you know these are we're talking about Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City are incredible teams who you know compete with the Champions League. So you're talking about teams that dine at the top table, right? Like, and 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 you know, we're we, we're doing pretty well. These guys are seriously impressive. I think if you asked, if you asked, you know, I'd go as far to say, you know, Liverpool fans. If you ask a Liverpool fan right now, like, would they want you know, Saka in their squad? Would they want Odegaard in their squad? Would probably say yes, given the age, right? As well, given like kind of the direction, etc. So these are players. I think that that now they're at that level. Well, they can play for the very best. Team. I, I, I agree with you on Saka. I think every every person I speak to, every mate I've got, in football fan, you know, they all love Saka. Maybe because he's English as well. Whatever, he's a very likable kind of player. I think I don't think I don't think they say that about Erdogan. A lot of people that I speak mm-hmm. to don't watch him enough. It's kind of what I said before, right? Like stats wise, people love to look at stats. He doesn't have the numbers backing backing his performances yet. And I think also, unless you watch him for ninety minutes, um, you don't really appreciate him completely. Um, and, and I think that a lot of fans just see results. They see like whatever, and they, they a lot. Of, I've had people ask me say like, "Well, what does he actually do?" Like you know, and they just don't don't watch him closely enough. Watch him a match of the day, and that's it. So, oh, so so yeah. Can, is it, I'm going to move on from this because I think there's a few more things that I think would be really good to talk about, and we probably don't have two hours. So. And I, and I think we're going to talk about this. The more and more we win, the more and more we win games, the more and more th- this discussion is going to happen, right? Like because ultimately it, those players are going to be crucial to uh, you know any good thing that we do. But let's talk about like maybe some of the things that didn't go well today because we did concede two goals against Watford. The first, you know, right? You know, it was an incredible finish. It was an incredible overhead kick. But but still, whatever the case, defensively. I personally didn't believe it was a very assured performance. And we've had many times this season where our defense has bailed out our attack. And today it was the opposite to me. That's what it felt like anyway. I mean, Aaron, and what did you think about the defensive display on a whole? And, you know, if you want to kind of reference some of the goals in that, but if not, feel free. I mean, what what was your assessment? So my, my the kind of takeaway that I got from it was almost like, I think, Arteta even got a bit carried away towards the end like because you know back I think four or five games ago when we were if we went 3-1 up you know Arteta would bring on like El Nenny or he'd bring on um, someone to like or even bring on Rob Holding to be like right that's enough let's just this is good but we were playing so well at that point he was just like yeah I'm gonna bring on Pepe I'm gonna bring on Eddie and Cacchio we're gonna score more goals we're gonna go four five six 
and then um they scored and then like i i think i told you guys that he's gonna bring on holding straight away and then he was just like crap i've got to calm down now like let's bring on holding back to like what was i thinking um let's not get let's not get carried away and so i because i you know the way i've always looked at us and like before today was we are traditionally a bit more of a defense first team that once we have that solid defense we then build an attack around that defense to say this is how we will defend and then we will do our best outside of that to score goals but what it felt like today was it was the other way around mm-hmm. it's like we're going to attack and you know we'll, we'll figure out defending Venga years somehow. throwback is it it's yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I was really surprised because that's so unlike Mikel Arteta and he I think he, he commented um after in the, in the post-match that he wasn't very happy with the way we played in terms of how we set up and I saw a few journalists saying that he was constantly having a go at like Gabriel and Erdegaard for some reason in terms of our stability and structure. And the one thing I noticed, which was very different was Xhaka's positioning throughout the game was just like, I'm not tactical enough to figure out exactly what he was doing, but it just didn't look right to me because he was playing quite far forward. And then um, when he did get back, he, you know, he was quite clumsy at times. And I think actually for both goals you could probably argue he had a role to play because that first one he was on the left side and he let the runner uh i can't remember who put the cross in but pull the overlap in and then the second goal um myers i think you pointed out in our chat that he gave the ball away yeah. before um by playing a crazy like yeah it's just cross really un- pass so so yeah i <laughs> I don't think the back four themselves were pretty poor. I think Cedric was, you know, a bit up and down in terms of like he gave the ball away, but I thought generally they were, they were okay. But just the structure of the team, the setup of the team, we just looked really, really open. And that was a bit concerning because, you know, Dennis had a couple of good chances. You could argue they probably had more chances than we did overall. Um, We had some kind of better quality ones and maybe some decent openings, but yeah, they could have easily come away with that game from that game with a point. Yeah, the stats suggest that actually we had more shots, but I would agree with you that you know it felt like if we think about the good chances outside of the goals, the good chances, it felt like they did did fall to Watford. And my a lot was made on you know when people were analysing the game in the background, a lot was made about um, the success that Watford seemed to have coming down our left hand side. So that's Tierney's side. Mm. Now I, I know you've got you know you've got some thoughts on you know him defensively that just one thing i'd like to throw in there a number of people have also commented i saw through twitter that actually it's a bit of a red herring that the issues are coming down the left hand side to point at at tini actually it's because of the instability that taking tomiyasu out of the team and replacing tomiyasu with cedric there's an there's a kind of like a knock on effect there around how everyone has to position themselves and everyone has to play because Cedric is a, a, a you know, he gets forward more. Tomiyasu is more kind of, you know, he sits back more and that has a knock-on effect to the left-hand yeah, side. Yeah. So just throwing that in there, I mean, do you, do you think that there is a something, there is something of a concern at all around that left-hand side or, you know, or any thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, look, yeah, like I said, like, like you touched on, right? I, I, I've said it before, I think, to you guys. Like, I love Kieran Tierney, as every Arsenal fan does. And, um, you know, everything about him, the passion that he shows, you know, he's great going forward, the crossing, all of that. I love all of it. I do feel like he is a bit susceptible um, at the back. I feel like um, one-on-one against a good quality 
um, like attacking player or winger, I think he gets done more often than we realise or, or we actually take notice of. And I think he kind of gets away with it a little bit, a little bit because he's Kieran Tierney, because he's yeah. a very liked player, because he's this like Scottish hard man kind of thing and all, and all of that. And he obviously, like I said, gives us a lot going forward. Um, I'm not saying that necessarily happened today. And I wouldn't really be, I don't think I've watched like enough of the um, like post-match stuff or had a look at the game um, since the game finished uh, to understand why specifically the left-hand side was um, like a problem for us. That that point you made about Cedric's quite interesting because I hadn't actually, I haven't seen any of that. So I hadn't really considered that. But, um, but um, yeah, like I think that's just more of a general thing with Tierney. Like I do, I do feel like he 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 doesn't close down crosses quickly enough. Um, and um, yeah, I think he can get beaten quite 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 a lot. I think we haven't seen it so much purely because of the quality of play that he's come against, like in the last couple of games. So it's a it's a it's a slight concern, but it's not a massive. It like it's not like I'm saying I'd want like uh, Tavares to come into the team, for example. It's not that that kind of level. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a weird like. It was a bit of a weird one. The other defensive kind of um, pro- problem, I guess you could say, I saw today I was like was um, Ramsdale was a bit iffy today as well. Distribution and kind of decision making was a bit dodgy. Um, which I guess you know, I think I think the the, the way that he started um, his season when he came into the team and how good he's been, I think it was kind of this kind of like normal and natural based on his experience level and his age. Um, you know, he's still kind of. You know, he's very, very, very young for a Premier League goalkeeper, right? Starting very young. At a, at a, at a big club. Um, so, so you know, you kind of forgive him for that. And and, I, and I'm sure that will all get addressed as part of his kind of development. It just hopefully sort of doesn't cost us. It hasn't cost us yet. Um, but, but yeah, that was another thing that obviously everyone picked up on. And um, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure he's aware of it. So I agree with his distribution was, was you know, there were a couple of instances where um, he made a poor execution of a pass and it nearly cost us. But Aaron, and you know, when you look at some of the other goalkeepers, the, the top ball playing goalkeepers in the Premier League, and I'm thinking about Alisson and Edison, you know, it's something that often in games, they have blunders, they have errors. Yeah. Is it something that we just high have risk, to... Yeah, is, and is that it? Does it come down to that? Do we just... Do you think that we just as Arsenal fans need to accept that if we're going to have a keeper who plays, you know, who plays with his feet the way that Aaron Ramsdale does and is actually really effective at doing it. Do we have to accept that sometimes these games are going to happen and and we can't get too concerned about it? Yeah, I mean, if he's doing it every game and, yeah. you know, we, there was that moment where I think he, he came out and, you know, he, I think he gave the ball away and uh, he was way off his line and thankfully Watford couldn't mm. take advantage. I mean, if he's doing that every game, then I think someone might need to have a word, but yeah, on on average, um, this is a guy who, yeah, it's almost like an if you if you've got a number ten in your team, you don't want him playing the simple easy passes all the time. You want him playing those risky through balls that, you know, sixty seventy percent of the time don't make it to their man. But when you do, when it does make it to their man, then they're through on goal. Is that is that kind of thing that you want? You want a goalkeeper to figure out when can I take a risk, when can I play a short pass, and when do I go long. When do I, you know, try and play out from the back? Yeah. And you need someone at this level who can kind of do everything. Yeah. Because it's not just, yeah, you have a game where you try and build up from the back, but there are going to be situations in the game where actually you're under the cosh and you say, right, I'm just going to go long for the next 10 yeah. minutes. And you need someone who can kick long. Um, or say, like, okay, they're throwing crosses in the box. I'm going to need to come out and deal with these crosses. So, yeah, I mean, look, I think he has got a bit lucky that we haven't really been punished 
too far. Although, I mean, look, you look against Wolves. Um, I know that wasn't really Ramsdale era, but you know, we looked a bit silly then when he came, you know, when he couldn't yeah. really deal with what happened there. So you know, he he will make mistakes. I think it's just a question of at some point we you know, will say, is this too much? But I don't think we're anywhere near that point yet. Yeah, agreed. Now I want to move on from the game to look at some of the kind of bigger, bigger picture items. But there is one thing, literally someone did actually message me about this to ask that we cover it in the pod. Um, so I might as well put it on the spot and direct it to you. Why Why is it that we wore red shorts today? Oh, I haven't, I, I, I haven't <laughs> got a clue. I literally got in the door. Normally, normally my pre-match thing is, you know, checking Twitter, messaging you guys. I was out all day and I got in the door at like 1.59 p.m. And ran to the TV, so I didn't. I have no idea. I just literally saw wearing wearing wearing. No, I, I did. But because someone did point out that apparently the reverse fixture, we wore our home kit and Watford just wore their home kit. Yeah. So furthermore, so, the other thing that that has come out is usually the it, so the officials have the right to ask the a team to to you know wear a different kind of wear an alternative color because it might clash with something. Blah, blah, blah. But that didn't happen today. So apparently Arsenal requested that they wear red shorts today. No way. Yeah, so, what, so the referees didn't ask for it. The Arsenal requested it, and it was approved. We don't even have red shorts, right? In our, no, we, like, I think we played. No, we have. We've played this before. Maybe there's a merchandise drop happening tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> of some red no, but, shorts, no, but as in, but our, of our in our three kits, obviously it's yeah. red, red and white, yeah. as in white shorts for the home, and everything else is a different color, like blue and what's the other color? Yellow, is it? No, I don't yeah. even know what the other color is. But the, the three kits, I'm saying red is like a special to have red shorts today. Yeah, 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 like yeah. Okay. It's around, but we have done it before. Yeah, we've done like, it before. Like, we, yeah, but it's around. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But it is, you're right. But it's usually because it's because there's a clash of some sort. So the rule is if the referees think that there's a clash between the other team yeah, yeah. or the officials, yeah, then they do it. But like, yeah, exactly, exactly. But what for sure? So black, yeah. right? So wait, hang on. Yeah. Aaron and mate, uh, this is the kind of thing that you normally like. Uh, well, on no, top no, of I, I'm, disappointed. I, I'm a bit sad. I don't know yeah, the answer no. to this. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I mean, look, Jeff, who is the person who, who requested we cover this, I'm really sorry that we couldn't give you a better answer, Jeff. It's our first like um, question ever come in, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I couldn't I answer ever, it. I was ever going to send in a question ever again. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, Jeff. Look, but, um, you know, obviously Jeff is an Arsenal fan and just like the rest of us Arsenal fans, the table looks even more interesting today, right? Because as much as it is, yeah, I think, and I'm sure Arteta's saying this to the boys, right? It's all about us. It's all about our results. Focus on ourselves. Get, you know, get the numbers or whatever. Whatever said and done, the results of our direct rivals for this fourth place, those results are arguably just as important, right? Like, you know, when it comes to the maths. And today was another example where one of our one of our very kind of if you if you kind of look at the you know who I would consider anyway and get to get your thoughts about as well but you know for for me now it's that that fourth spot is between Arsenal, Man United, and Tottenham for me now I think oh you put West Ham I I don't I'm looking at now look West Ham have got 28 they played 28 games Arsenal played 25 games and West Ham have you know, got three points less than Arsenal. I can't see West Ham. It would, for West Ham to finish in the top four now, it requires so many teams to screw it up, basically. And it requires them to have, you know, a great kind of patch. And they've got some difficult games as well. So so listen, um, I guess, like, aside from that, my point really was the table suddenly looks even better than it does last not suddenly it looks even better but you know from a literal perspective we've moved up to fourth so it's the first time we've been fourth in two months apparently 
And it looks interesting, doesn't it? Man United lost today, Man City. I think we all, we thought that was, I think everyone thought that probably was going to happen, but it, you know, it did happen. They actually got like pretty spanked. Now, what do you guys think? Not just from the fact that Man United got beaten, but from the manner they got beaten, are you looking at them in any different way than you were before today? in terms of their challenging for us, you know, for that, for that no, spot or no? Not really. No, I think, um, I know that City slipped up against Spurs a couple of weeks ago, but um, Man City and Man City, right, they're just a machine and it doesn't matter there was a Manchester derby or whatever, like it, they, they just tend to steamroll, um, steamroll teams in the Premier League. Um, they smashed us um, at the Etihad right at the start of the season. It's not like we're a bad team. Um so, so yeah, and I'm not really surprised at the result. I don't think anyone is, to be honest. Man United are in a bit of a weird, like, part, I don't know, like, a weird stage in terms of, like, them as a club and, and them as a team, um, you know, uh, no permanent manager, all of that. So, but at the end of the day, um, and I think it changes my my kind of perception of Man United in terms of how I think they'll do for the rest of the season because I've kept, I've kept saying it, like, they've got so many good players, even though they don't, yeah, have a have a have a have a way of playing, and their team sort of seems to be in. I wouldn't say disarray. That's that's not the right word, but it's a little bit all over the place, isn't it? And you don't really know what's going on with them at the moment. But they will still pick up results. They will still they've still got players that will get them wins and get them goals. So yeah, I probably agree with you, Raj. Like I hadn't looked at the table really really closely, but yeah, when you look at where West Ham are, um, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty tough ask for them. Man United, I think, will be there. I think will be there. And yeah, prob- probably Tottenham, but Tottenham are the ones that I feel like are more likely to fall away than Man United. Mm. Um, oh, really? I okay. think so. I would say, I, yeah. if I was saying the one team I'm still like the most worried about is Spurs. Yeah, I would agree with that. In too. terms of, um, although Man United, like, I'm with you, Mike. So I think Man United have enough individual quality, you know, on any day, Ronaldo can turn up and win them a game single-handedly. They've got players like Sancho, Pogba, Fernandez. Uh, yeah, Fernandez. and all of the maybe that's that's Man United's problem, which is on it, on any random given day they all turn up. Right, the problem is figuring out when they turn up and when they don't turn up, and how to get them all to turn up at the same time. But Spurs, I don't know. I think Spurs, Conte, they just, yeah, I think they've got enough as well. Maybe it's they've got a much more like. They've got a plan, right? Their their thing is Son and Kane. I don't know Kulisevsky's come in now, but I still think their plan is Son and Kane. It's a very good plan and it will work more days than it doesn't work. And that's what I really worry about. Mm. I think the the thing I worry about more is us and our ability to just get through this because, yeah, I know we're fourth now, but I think one of you guys said we have 13 games left, right? So. Like that's a long, long time. Um. And you know, we mentioned this earlier, but one injury and we could crumble very, very quickly. We've put ourselves um, in a situation though, right, where ultimately, yes, you're right. We we have the capability of losing a number of games. But we've sort of put ourselves in a situation where other teams still have to take advantage of that. And other teams still have got tough games. And it's 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 a bit frustrating that our games against, for example, Tottenham and and Chelsea haven't been scheduled yet, so we don't know when they are. And there's a big theory that that you know the 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 studios are there trying to pluck a date that looks good in terms of kind of drama. Yeah. 
but there are some other teams who haven't got games yet. I think I think um I want to say Spurs Liverpool hasn't been scheduled yet either. Like there are there are some tough games here and there. Uh I just, just very quickly want to touch on something about Man United because I think you guys are right in the sense that I think you know when Man United played us, it was a very good example of how at the end of the day, you know. I think Ragnick had just come come in or was just about to come in. Yeah, I think he hadn't quite come in yet. I think you know, was it Fletcher or Carrick or whoever it was? Was Carrick was there? So, so it was like it was basically like as far as a plan goes, it probably wasn't that much. But you know, when you've got that kind of talent on the pitch, then they can kind of just you know, someone can can do something brilliant and you can still win games. So my concern was actually that what happened against us could just happen way more regularly, regardless of whether they had a plan. But what do you guys think about all these? rumors reports that there's all kinds of dressing room unrest going on at united because surely if something's going to affect the ability for individual players to do something it's dressing room unrest right like we're so we're seeing today one of those players that i think we're referring to cristiano ronaldo you know some of that you know unique individual talent allegedly ragnick saying that he was injured and he's dropped his sisters apparently on social media come out and said no absolutely he's not injured he was available to play ragnick's dropped him this is a disgrace there's all these other things that are going on in the background, apparently about how he is trying to almost lead a tactical kind of revolt behind the scenes about playing two up top. And and there's apparently issues with Maguire's captaincy and Ronaldo, you know, having issues with that and all kinds of, I mean, could that be their downfall? Maybe. I mean, I think with Man United is, I honestly think they just need to start again. With their well, team. I mean, there's, but they've spent 1.2 billion over 10 years, Aaron. And yeah, they've start they've again? done it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they've, they, this is the thing. They need to, they basically need to do what we did and have two or three really bad seasons where they realize that this, this is not working. Wasn't that Solskjaer, though? Wasn't that Solskjaer? Like, wasn't that the plan? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. But they, they did that. They've, okay, maybe they've done that bit, but they still haven't been like, okay, we need to start. I, 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 I agree like, with you, but I'm sort yeah. of looking, I'm, so, yeah, I'm playing devil's advocate. And, yeah. yeah. Because there were, there were times where, remember, I'm sure we've come in and said it and we're, we're like, when we've had like some of those big losses and we were like, you know what? We just need to sell like all of these players. <laughs> and like, that. funnily enough, that's pretty much what we <laughs> yeah. did. Yeah. Right? yeah well, we like, did too. Exactly. We did it. We yeah. basically sold all of our players. And I think Man United just basically need to sell. I look at their team and I think how many of that is starting 11 today? I know they had a couple of injuries, but how many of those could you, do Man United, forget about what we think. How many of those do Man United fans think they can rely on for the next five years. Like maybe, maybe Sancho, like you've got Cavani who who can play, but De Gea is like in and out of form. Cavani who can, they just, they sign so many, they basically do what, did what we did, which was like when we signed Willian, they make so many short term signings. Like Cavani can play like once every other game. Uh, Ronaldo can play like two or three games and then needs a rest. Um, Pogba turns up when he when he wants. Um, their defense is just like it's horrible, very very average. Um, De Gea picks and chooses when he wants to turn up and like goes from world class to terrible. He might be injured after today, um, by the way. You know, he, De Gea. He, De Gea he, so I don't know if you saw on the fourth goal. I think you know he turned his ankle. I don't know if he was play acting, but it looked it looked like it was painful. But anyway, carry on. Sorry. And I just think no. I think Man United can still do keep doing what they're doing. They could probably get another fourth place here and there. But they'll never go on beyond that fourth place and be able to really challenge City, Chelsea and, and Liverpool, which is what they really want to do and what they should be doing, given how much they've spent, unless they actually just rip it up and start again, because they, they keep doing these incremental fixes. And they, you know, there's just... So, so Aaron, 
they're just a bit broken. I'm going to ask you then. So, do you think that based on everything you said and kind of you've just like trashed Man United and I hope loads of Man United fans, <laughs> to all our mates that we've got Man United yeah. fans, hopefully, hopefully listening to this and start messaging you. But you know, separate to that, do you um does that so based on what you're saying then? Are you saying that if we don't finish above Man United, we've 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 failed this season? No, no, because I think my point is Man United do have they've spent so much money that eventually they could just get lucky and for seven or eight crucial games they could turn up those those players could turn up but i think my point is i don't see them ever finishing higher than fourth if they carry on like this mm. like at, at their peak when everything goes well they spent a billion pounds 1.2 1.2 billion pounds they will finish fourth and that's if that's okay for them then fine but i think man united fans will probably tell you that they want more um and the only way they will get more is if they really like start again and I, they don't have to do what we're doing with young players, but they have to go and say, right, these are the three players we want to build around and we want to get players in to compliment them. What they shouldn't be doing is, you know, chasing Sancho for a year and a half and then, you know, not playing him for half a season when they get him and playing Ronaldo because City wanted him and doing and getting Cavani in because they had no strikers and, and then he's not fully able to lead the line for a whole season. Um, so as much as, you know, we have been through some difficult times. I could, I can see the the tough decisions we've made and some of these long term decisions actually now starting to play like pay off. Mm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think you know, I hope they don't do this <laughs> because the, the longer they don't go uh, fixing it, the better it is for us. But no, but you're right. I think to go back to your question, wise, I would be disappointed if we. Uh, finished below Man United because of, you know even though I do think they could finish fourth I still think we've got better better we're a better team than they are mm. honestly I, I do think that yeah and next game week is going to be another one which is going to tell us you know every, every week's going to have talking points next weekend's going to be really interesting because we we now come into a little period where we've we've got three I reckon, you know, tough games. There's, there's one that is obviously the ha- the hardest out of the three. But we're about to play Leicester next week. After that, we play Liverpool at home in a midweek fixture and then we go away to Villa. This weekend, though, when we play, uh, when we're playing Leicester, United are also playing Spurs. So let's just, let's ignore us for a second, but, you know, Someone's losing out there. One of our one of these rivals is losing out there, and you know, I guess from an Arsenal perspective, what, what is it, guys? What do we, do we, I know we discussed this before. Do we want to draw out of that game? Do we want to, you know? And I guess it guess it comes out down to: is there someone, one of those two teams, that we are fundamentally more scared of, and therefore is actually, do we actually just want one to beat the other one? I think. I I, I think. From a maths point of view, I think a draw is better because you get both teams dropping two points, right? Which is good. But then who am I scared of more? I don't... I still say if, like, if Man United beat Tottenham, I wouldn't be too upset by that. Um, because I, I think, actually, it might... There's actually You could argue both ways, actually. Like, a defeat for either of those teams then could have, like, some big consequences um, in terms of the wider context of their season. Yeah. Um, because at that point, I guess, I don't know when Man United played Champions League, but um, maybe Man United might be out of the Champions League by then. Um, so then if they lose that, then that's a 
a big blow to their season. Spurs, you know, they, they just seem to drop points here and there quite regularly. And, you know, I think the worry there is that if they win, then that's a little bit of momentum for them. Yeah. And actually, we're probably better off with them not, we'll just keep going with this like stop start where they just continue to doubt themselves and Conte will just continue to trash Spurs <laughs> every interview he does. So I, I think, yeah, I think the best outcome is a draw, but I wouldn't be too upset with a Man United win. Yeah, so I'm I'm the same. I'm actually veering now. You know, when I was thinking about this through before the pod, I'm actually veering to hoping that United win. And and part of the reason for that is I think if Spurs if Spurs win, but let's just say even if they draw, that their next three fixtures could get quite interesting for them and actually could bring them a lot of momentum because they've got you know after playing United, the next game midweek when we play Liverpool, they're away at Brighton, which. Usually that would be a tough game, I think. But Brighton have just lost four in a row and they're playing Liverpool next. So they very well could be playing Brighton after Brighton have lost five games in a row. So they're playing Brighton at a pretty damn good time. And then after that, Spurs have got West Ham at home. So if they come out of these three fixtures getting you know points off, you know, get, getting points off United, beating Brighton and then beating West Ham at home, that I think could put a lot of pressure on us regardless of how we do in our next three games. Yeah, yeah. I think, especially when you put it like that, I think draw or Man United win or Spurs. Spurs winning is probably the least favourable outcome for us. I think. What do you think, Wise? Yeah, look, obviously draw. Yeah, draw. Draw would be the the best result for us. I mean, for me, I, I am more fearful of of United um, for the rest of this season compared to Spurs. I think. I think. Yeah. Okay. If Spurs do go and win I think it's at Old Trafford it potentially gives them some momentum but then they went then again they beat, beat City away and then they went and lost I think they, they lost the next game to Burnley right and like the whole Conte thing is just really like who the who the hell knows what's going to happen with them like based on whatever result they get game to game like literally you just don't know like you wouldn't be surprised if they lose um, a game they're supposed to win and he just walks out or whatever like you, you genuinely don't know right um, and I think that <clears throat> that potentially might be their downfall this season, just the the inconsistency um, in results and kind of reaction to results as well. Um, but do you not think Man United are, are like equally as? I think they are, but I think they're overall they've got better quality players that are more likely to get them results between now and the end of the season. I don't think you know you, they've got they've played three games more than us, and I know that they're a point off us. So you could argue that you know we kind of we, we've got those games in hand, but I'm not even looking at those games in hand, not even because of who we've got, like when you, depending on how you judge it and how you, you know, you can cut it different ways and say the three games in hand are the three games that, you know, the, 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 the Chelsea game, the Liverpool game, the Spurs game, or you could say, well, not really because like, you know, you know yeah, yeah, it doesn't really matter exactly. Right. So, so, but it, despite the three games in hand, I just feel like <clears throat> if we do slip up, I, I don't know. I just, I think, yeah, I feel like Man United have got, they've got a lot of kind of experience in their team in terms of like high quality, good players that have won things, um, you know, and um, Ronaldo as well, that factor, like who knows, he could go on a crazy run and sort of score, you know, winners in the last minute in a number of their games. That kind of, that's the kind of thing I'm a bit worried about with them. Um mm. Yeah, and like, yeah. So, I, and I think it's so hard now. Like, we, we like, you like, Roger, we're kind of forecasting the next few games and saying if Spurs, if the Spurs do this, then this happens. It's just like it's literally impossible, isn't it? It's so hard, right? Like, especially There's still so many games. There are like thirteen games left for us. Is basically what almost a third of a season. Pretty much, yeah. Well, yeah, pretty much, yeah, it is yeah. So, well, for us, it is yeah. So, um, yeah, I, 
I think we just have to keep on doing what we're doing, right? And um, yeah. see it, let everyone else beat each other. And in the games, it might come down. I mean, like, I kind of, I do feel like it's going to come down to, like, if we're smart about this, right? And we just, <laughs> obviously, to say, right? If we keep kind of getting these results against the teams that we should be beating and kind of winning our home games, when it comes to those six pointers, we hopefully won't need to win them. I think we said this, right, last time around. Mm. Like, we hopefully won't necessarily need to win them. If we've got enough of a, buffer between us and the others i hope that like when, by the time we come around to playing spares we've just been so consistent that we won't even have to go there and necessarily win it will just be like draw keep the keep the gap the same as it is and you know go move on to the next game type of thing and um you know that would be a dream scenario obviously it's not going to work out like that but um, well i mean let's i mean let's put the spotlight back on us though right so so we've got leicester coming up next and leicester it's very weird again to judge where Leicester really are right now. The table says Leicester are 12. By the, by the standards that Leicester have set themselves, that's pretty bad. But like us, they've not played that many games compared to other teams. They've played 25 games as well. They've also won their last two games. So they're sort of in a in a, in a a good place. Vardy's back now as well, isn't he? Vardy's so, back, I think. For, is Fafana back as well? I think he might be. Um, yeah, and, you know, Vardy's got a great record against us. Um what do you guys think? You know, Arsenal are at home. We beat Leicester away from home earlier this season where I think it was, you know, it was a really good performance. I remember at that time of the season, we went 2-0 up quite early and, and managed the game well. It was that Ramsdale wonder save from um, from that free kick. Oh, yeah. What's your feeling, guys? What do you think? I mean, we've got, it's nice to have a, a week and not have a midweek game. It's nice to, you know, to prepare for that. Do you, what, where's, where's your confidence level lies? I'll go to you first, Mize. How, how do you feel about that game? Um, I'm, 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 I'm to be honest, I'm pretty confident. I can't, I can't see us. I can't see us slip. I'm I'm struggling to say, I can't see us slipping up in the sense that we've got a pretty much, pretty much a full strength squad at the moment. Tommy Asu and Smithrow aside, Smithrow should be back because he was out with COVID today. Right. Um, potentially Tommy Asu back. I don't know what's going on with him at the moment. Um, but yeah, like uh, otherwise, it's it's pretty much a full strength team. There's there's not really too many injury concerns, and even those the ones that we the main one that we have, Tommy Asu, Cedric seems to be doing okay at the moment. So I'm kind of looking at it from a okay, we're going into this like off the back of four wins, majority of our players fit, a home game, um, Leicester. Yeah, they're, they're, it's like you say, it's quite hard to judge where they are. They will be very very much up for this game. Vardy always scores against us. He loves scoring against us. There's that factor as well. But I just feel like, I don't know. I do feel like we'll somehow get a, we'll just somehow get a win. I'm not saying it's going to be pretty and we're, we're going to kind of play how we play today going forward. But I feel like this team is just, just going quite literally from strength to strength. And, um, you know, the confidence from each win seems to be going into the next game. And, but based on that, I can't really, I can't really predict anything else than a win. And obviously it doesn't work out, work like that. There probably are going to be days where we turn up and, um, you know, the performance isn't quite at that level and maybe we'll get punished. And I think that is going to happen between now and the end of the season. Um, but I'm, but I don't, yeah, I don't think, I don't think that will happen on Sunday. And I think, I think we'll win again. I think it will be like quite a tight win. Um, and um, yeah, but I think, yeah, like the front, the front three, the front four playing so well at the moment, like, yeah, they, I can, they, they, they could just pretty much take apart, take apart anyone. Um, so I, I go into it with full confidence, and I think, um, 
yeah, I think I think we'll win by like the odd goal. What do you think, Aaron? Do you agree? Yeah, I'm, I am confident. Um, that's a bit worrying where I am confident because usually when I think we'll win, we never well, do. We're the, we're the, we're, you know, Liverpool have won five games out of five. Outside of that, there are two teams who have yeah. won um, four and drawn one. We're one of them. Do you know who the other team is, by the way? Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Newcastle. They're the other form team. But yeah, you know, we won, we won four in a row. Yeah, so, so I mean, back to you, Aaron. And, you know, like, yeah, maybe you, you've got every right yeah, to no, feel. I think, you know, I think it's just us. You know, we, I think we can never really be fully on board until it's done, yeah. right? Because we've seen how we find unique ways of blowing things mm. um, when we're, we're like, we think it's there. But no, I, I am confident because it's a home game. And I think our home form this, this season has been really, really good. And even when... Yeah, even when City came came to us, we gave them a game. Yeah. So I'm very confident that we will have a plan for Leicester. I think we will try our best to execute it. And I think now we've got the talent to actually, you know, finish some of those chances. I think, you know, even if, if we played that game against City over Christmas that we, and we played it now, I think we probably put away some of those chances and we'd give them a better game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think the Liverpool, the Leicester game is one I think will win. And then I think that will go to, and I think you might have said this last week, Raj, that almost makes the Liverpool game a bit of a free yeah. hit in that sense, which is actually, okay, well, we're probably not going to win. And so let's let's see what we can get. Let's see what, see happens. what happens. And if we get a draw, then happy days. And that's like one of our games in hand. So we probably stretch our lead a bit. I don't, I don't think we'll, um, sorry to interrupt. I don't think we'll, I don't think Arteta, I mean, obviously well, he's not going to go into the game looking for a draw, but I really don't think we'll come out playing like that in that Liverpool game, assuming that again, kind of clean bill of health and, and all of that. I, yeah, I, I can, I can see us really taking the game to Liverpool. I think, think? so. I think so. I think, I think the Emirates, yeah, we're obviously at home. The Emirates is just going to be absolutely raucous. Um, I mean, yeah, I know we're previewing, like talking about a, a game that we're, we're not ready to talk <laughs> yeah, about yeah. yet. But yeah, I can see, I can, I, I don't think it's going to be like, we're saying free hit and yeah, okay, on paper, it is a bit of a free hit, if, assuming we beat Leicester. But um, but yeah, I, 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 I can, I, yeah, again, I can, I just, yeah, I can see us potentially getting a result. I think we'll definitely play very, very well. Um, obviously, Liverpool are really good, but yeah. Interesting. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, no, basically, the way I look at that week is if we can come away with six points having beaten Leicester and beating Villa, yeah, um, then I'll be, that will be a good week. Yeah. Um, and then, like you said, Liverpool is Liverpool. Let's, let's, try and, let's try and win. But if we lose that game 2-0, if we then go and beat Villa, then I'm, I'm happy. We need to start, in my opinion, we, we do need to start going toe to toe with the, you know some of those big teams and 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 I think you know when we played man city earlier on you know this year we we certainly did so I think we should go out and you know with confidence I, I think when I when I describe it as a free hit I feel that's more from a just a mental perspective of you know if we lose it's just not it's it's not the be all and end all of of anything given you know the 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 points that we've had but but, but what one of the things that uh, I'm intrigued with for this week for, for for the next game against Leicester is I think it will tell us a lot about Arteta as a manager because you know, we conceded early against Wolves and it was a little bit sloppy. It was a mistake. It was a little bit sloppy or whatever. But yeah. today we were a bit sloppy and 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 Arteta at the end of the game, I think he said it in his his press conference. You know, he said that he was really impressed with the energy and the focus that we we did on the attacking side. And he said, but it just wasn't there defensively. And I, 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 you know, and I wonder, like, you know, I think, my, you know, you said, like, you know, he was, he was kind of shouting instructions to Odegaard and and um, 
and uh, Gabrielle during the game and stuff. I wonder whether he's actually, it, there's red flags in his head and he's going, hang on a minute, I really need to sort some shit out because otherwise I've got Leicester, I've got Liverpool, I've got Villa. This, yeah, th- Those are teams that can punish me. And what I think will be interesting and a measure of him as a coach is there's a danger that, you know, he could do too much to try and fix that. And he could kind of look at this and he kind of go, all right, well, you know, crap, like I, I, we need to change this, we need to change that and do a bunch of things that then end up kind of stifling how we are going forward might add a little bit of confusion like kind of at the back I, I don't know but yeah it feels though if we are able to go and play Leicester and put a really assured defensive performance and win I think that'll say a lot about him as a coach in a really positive way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I mean I, I don't think yeah I, so I, yeah I mean I pretty much agree I can't see him trying to change too much exactly what you said Raj like it, it wouldn't make sense we generally this season we've been defensively pretty solid there's been a few iffy moments in the last couple of games but you look at the season as a whole aside from a couple of like really bad results against like City and Liverpool overall defensively we've been really good up there with number of clean sheets and all the rest of it so um so yeah I can't see him changing too much maybe it's just uh yeah maybe it's just more of a tweaking thing um you know kind of giving directing the plays in the right way when it comes to like decision making that kind of thing like Ramsdale probably needs a little bit of a a pointer with that. And again, like it comes down to the age of the players again, like we, we forget it because they've winning, you know, won four on the bounce and doing so well this season. But you know, that whole, that back line takes Cedric out of it. You know, it's, I don't know what the average age is, but it's early twenties. Right. So, um, you know, you've got to expect mistakes. You've got to expect, um, you know, the, the, the odd lapses in concentration or, you know, however you want to put it. So I think it's completely normal. Hopefully it doesn't like cost us, um, where, we can't come back into a game if we do concede early or, you know, you know, it comes very, very late in the game. We end up dropping points, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. I'm not overly concerned. Like I say that the, the wins, the fact that we're still winning games, it must seriously create like um, a, 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 that, that mentality it creates and that kind of steel it creates, even though we conceded two today, um, you know, the steel it must create within the team as a whole and the group as a whole, they come in tomorrow morning you know, the training ground and, and, and that kind of, you know, every, you know, it's like, okay, we won again kind of thing. And that, that um, buoyancy they get from it, like that must be massive going into the next game. Mm. Um, and so maybe it's just a couple of kind of tactical, tactical tweaks and maybe a couple of, you know, like, yeah, yeah. okay, pull Ben White aside and talk to him like about whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I don't think anything major will no. change. I think it will just tell Xhaka to like just chill out and I thought sit you going to tell Xhaka to like fuck off. <laughs> no, nah, well, he might do, but um, no, I think he, whatever's like, I don't, we're not super like in-depth tactical experts, but whatever he, he was doing today, it just looked like he was, yeah, almost playing as a bit like a number eight in that sense, where he's, you know, attacking, trying to build up play and play a bigger role in the attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what he might do is say, actually, no, you just sit alongside Thomas Partey and just cover Kieran Tierney on that left hand side and just don't, yeah, just sit. Um, yeah. So it it might be something as simple as that, which is right. Okay, well, against Watford you can go up, but actually against Leicester, you and Liverpool, you sit back. Yeah. Well, look, whatever he does, I hope he gets it right. And obviously it's a, it's a huge game. And I think, guys, we'll, 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 we'll wrap it there today. Um, it's, all, you know, it's always great to end the week with an Arsenal win, and we did that. And it looks good. And let's just keep, let's just cross everything that we can, that it continues this way. 
But Aaron, it was good to have you back, my friend. Thank you. Good to be yeah, back. Did you enjoy getting, or did you get everything out that you wanted to? Is there anything that you wanted? Largely. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, we, yeah, we explored most things. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I'm really upset that I missed the, the Wolves one because I was, I had, I prepared a lot. You could do a solo monologue, like on your own, you know, separate episodes. A week, a week yeah, on, yeah. a week on, yeah, how I feel about the Wolves game. But no, it's been good. And I will see you boys. Sunday, right? Uh, yeah, but it's on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait. All right, boys. Have a nice night. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. See you later. Cheers, guys. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye.